0: Right, folks, I hope y'all are having a great weekend. Welcome to the BCP podcast. I am James, the based conservative patriot, the bold conservative patriot, the black conservative patriot, the band conservative patriot, having been ixnayed from Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, all the major tech platforms. By the way, folks, even though Elon Musk came and said that uh, people can get back on, not this black conservative because... I'm not a whiner. I'm not a victim. But the truth is, liberals are the most racist. So a lot of my white counterparts are back on Twitter, but they they deny me the opportunity to come back on. I do have uh, we do have a new Twitter account for this show, the BCP Podcast. I think we're now up to just shy eighty something, maybe a hundred by now uh, followers. A far cry from the over thirty. I don't know, 30 something thousand, 33, 34, 35 thousand that we had before uh, the purge of my account. So if you are on Twitter, then please follow. Uh, it's at the BCP podcast. But folks, if you're on social media and you don't want to be on Twitter, don't worry about it. It's only if you're on Twitter that I'd ask you to, to follow the show. But I have been on and do post regularly on social media on those that actually respect and fight for, for, Freedom of speech. So I post to Gab, to Getter, and to Truth Social. So you can follow me on all of those platforms. Big hug to all of y'all. Let's get into the news. It is the weekend. You didn't come here to hear me talk about other things, but you came here to know what's going on, and let's discuss and analyze this together. Now, yesterday, on Friday, the, I'm recording this on June 3rd, the Saturday, June 3rd, this is actually my third take of this because the first, the second take, I was remembering, oh my gosh, it's today's, it's someone's birthday that's very dear to me today. And I actually had to stop and call them for their birthday. But yesterday, Friday, the Republican National Committee announced details of the first Republican primary deba- uh, debate. Now, we're going to talk about the what they have going on for this first debate. I find it very interesting. We'll analyze it. And then perhaps we'll debate whether President Trump will be in the debate, the first debate, at least. Now, this is going to take place in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and it's going to, um, it's going to take place with those that qualify for it. And if there's too many who, people who qualify, a second debate will take place the following day. Okay, so let's look at these qualifications. There are four categories, each presidential hopeful, must make in order to qualify for uh, for the first debate. So the first one's very obvious. They have to be eligible to run for President of the United States. Okay? So Arnold Schwarzenegger is not going to be able to be in that debate. That's a joke, folks. He hasn't tried to run or anything like that. But there were rumors for a while that they were thinking about changing the rules for President so that he could run as if he were a great governor. But I digress. Okay? So... The second is also obvious. They need to have actually declared their candidacy already. Third, they have to have filed with the Federal Elections Commission and have the proper forms filled out with the FECs identifying them as a candidate and designating the candidate's uh, principal campaign committee. All right. So those are the first three things, right, that uh, they have to actually be eligible and have done their filing with the FEC and announced. Now, here are the very specific qualifications. Uh, they must have at least 40,000 unique donors to their presidential campaign committee. And they must have at least 200 unique donors per state or territory in 20 plus states and or territories. Of course. So that seems fair. Like it just can't be like four hundred thousand, forty thousand 40,000 people in Florida want DeSantis, right? It's got to show that there's some national uh, support or prominence uh, for them. Okay? They must also meet stringent polling requirements, polling at least 1% in three national polls or polling at 1% in two national polls in addition to garnering at least one uh, support, 1% support in the early voting states. The poll must be de- deemed appropriate by the RNC, And it can't be a poll that's done by any of the candidates. So the Trump 2024 campaign poll can't count. It's got to be a nationally recognized one by the RNC. The last one is that each individual must sign pledges to the RNC vowing to refrain from participating in any non-RNC sanctioned debate throughout the election season. They must also agree to ultimately support the party's nominee, whoever that may be, as well as sign an RNC data sharing agreement. Now, is President Trump going to participate in this first debate? Well, let's debate that. Let's look at a truth that he sent out uh, April 25th, 2023. Quote, I say that everybody is talking about the Republican debates, but nobody got my approval or the approval of the Trump campaign before announcing them. When you're leading by seemingly insurmountable numbers and you have hostile networks with angry Trump and MAGA hating anchors asking the questions, why should why subject yourself to being libeled and abused? Also, the second debate is being held at the Reagan Library, the chairman of which is amazingly Fred Ryan, publisher of the Washington Post. No. No. Both letters of that fabulous word in caps with an exclamation point. And let's not forget uh, (laughs) that the uh, first one is going to be done by Fox News, who was so happy to call the rigged election for Biden in Arizona before anybody else. So is President Trump going to participate? Who knows? Maybe not. It may not just be the first one, but it'll be all of them. Uh, The RNC wants to make sure that they are not in any RNC-sanctioned debate. And they must draw a pledge that they're going to support the party's nominee, whoever that may be. Now, with rigged elections and the RNC trying to screw President Trump already, why would he sign that pledge? President Trump is Donald John Trump. He's not Bernie Sanders. He's not going to bend over and just take it. He can't be bought. And that's why they can't stand him. What are your thoughts, folks? Do you think President Trump is going to participate in the first one? And if he doesn't, I'm skeptical that he would participate in the first one. He doesn't need to. Uh, they want him to, of course, because that's going to be great numbers for Fox. Fox News is bleeding, but when they did the town hall with Sean Hannity and President Trump a few days ago, they had a little uh, a ratings spike or a little bump, but then people quickly left again once they went on to Fox to see what President Trump had to say. I rest assured they want President Trump there to draw the numbers and and get, it's going to be a milk toast event if President Trump isn't in it. I think President Trump may or may I, I I think he may sit out the first one, let the crowd thin out a little bit. Why waste his uh his ammo his his debating ammo this early on, debating people that aren't going to make the cut. We'll see what happens. Okay. This is very, very interesting what I want to share with you. This was uh, something that was said by White House, Na- White House National Economic Council Deputy Director. Man, these long names with directors and deputies and assistant deputies and director assistant to the assistant, assistant to the assistant deputy deputy director of the deputy erect, uh, assist, uh, assistant. My point is there's a lot of deputies and assistant deputies and directors and assistant deputy directors in D.C. But man, these people kill, die, rape, and pillage for these titles. That would be Bharat Ramamurthy. He stated what we all know is the truth behind the debt ceiling deal. It's a ruse and doesn't change anything. Listen to this. On NPR's morning edition... White House National Economic Council deputy director Bharat Ramam- Ramamurthy stated that the Biden administration plans to try to get some of the concessions that made in the debt limit bill back in future legislation. In other words, they gave up nothing. It was already an economic uh, a, a Democrat economic bill. They Hakeem Jeffries had no problem getting enough Democrats to cross the line or to cross the to have the legislation cross the line because it was always Democrat with it was always a Democrat bill masquerading as a McCarthy deal. Host Leila Fidel asked, quote, A lot of progressives, including your former boss, Senator Elizabeth Warren, are really unhappy. She called parts of the deal really bad because of the work requirements for people seeking food relief, concessions on student debt repayments, climate change, and no new taxes on the wealthy. What is the administration's message to progressives like Warren, Senator Bernie Sanders, who will soon be voting on this? Okay, this is obviously before the vote happened. This happened on Thursday. They passed it on, on Thursday. But the response that Ramituri gave is the one that we want to, this is what we're going to focus on. Well, look, as the president has said, this is a compromise. And a compromise means that nobody gets exactly what they want. There are certainly elements of this agreement where we share some of these concerns, where we think that if it were up to us, we wouldn't have included it. But they were priorities for the Republican Party, and in a world where we have divided government, the deal is going to have, the deal is going to have to reflect that reality. Fine, but then she says, the Fidel asked this question: Do you see this as temporary concessions, or something the administration plans to try to recover in future legislation? This, brothers and sisters, is what I want to share with you. Rama answered, "Well, yes, I think." It at least opens the door or leaves open the possibility for changes in the future, of course. For example, some of the reductions in the funding for the IRS, something that we didn't necessarily agree with, of course, doesn't foreclose the possibility of adding more money for that department in the future. There were no hard deals in this thing. Everything can be negotiated in favor of the Democrats and their spending spree in subsequent legislation. Legislation that we know that swamp creatures on the Republican side are more than happy to cozy up with their Democrat counterparts to pass. We gave up everything and got nothing with this screwy deal from fake conservative swamp creature Kevin McCarthy. All right, let's talk about what House Judiciary Committee Chair Jim Jordan just did. He launched a probe to conduct oversight over Special Counsel Jack Smith's probe into the document fiasco at Mar-a-Lago with President Trump. I say fiasco not because of what President Trump did, but because the whole thing was muddied with Mike Pence, and it was all a cover-up because Biden, who was Vice President and Senator, who never really had access or authority or declassification power, was found with all these things. They were cooperating to keep that on the down-low on the hush-hush, And then they went after President Trump. I mean, this this is so sickening, folks. So sickening. The blatant corruption that is totally obvious. But anyway, Jim Jordan, who voted for the debt ceiling deal and is on my naughty list, sent a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland and requested information about the probe to ensure the investigation is not politicized by the FBI. Fat chance of that happening, Jim Jordan. Fat chance. Everything's politicized. Congress has no power. FBI could care less about what you guys are doing or what we think. They've been getting away with this stuff from Comey and before. No consequences. Nothing has happened. So they're emboldened. They're like a big middle finger and screw you to America. We're going to be corrupt right in front of your eyes. We don't care what you think anymore. That's all I want to report on this. I don't want to go into details. But Jim Jordan basically... Wants to investigate, uh, wants to probe into the FBI's role in the special counsel Jack Smith's investigation. And of course, this is all because Durham report came out and showed us what we already know, that the FBI is super damn corrupt. But there's no teeth to this. I'm just reporting it to you with very little faith that anything will come of it. And here's another story about the FBI and what they've been up to in their malfeasance. One of my heroes, one of the heroes the world should thank over and over again, we should should thank our Father in Heaven that there are people who are principled, they're not perfect, and often they don't even completely share our political views, but they're seekers of truth. One of my journalist heroes... Actually, I have, a, I have a few of them, but two of them are going to be mentioned in this report. One's John Solomon, who was at the Hill and started Justin News. And the other is, of course, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, who the left celebrated when he was exposing George W. and then literally wanted his head when he, when he started reporting on and exposing Hillary Clinton. Now, there's a new report. In the Sydney Morning Herald in Australia. That is revealing that the FBI has restarted an investigation into WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. Now this move is a total shocker to Julian Assange's legal team. Why? Oh I don't know because Julian Assange was charged by the Department of Justice for violating the Espionage Act over three years ago. They thought that they were just working on that. They didn't think there was new stuff going on. But according to the report, author Andrew O'Hagan, who was approached by FBI agents, who asked him to give a statement about his time with Assange over a decade ago when he was a ghostwriter for Assange's autobiography. Now, O'Hagan refused to talk to the FBI agents. But this is opening the door to understanding that the FBI is still investigating Julian Assange. Right now, Julian Assange is in a South London prison. And he's been trying to fight... Joe Biden and his DOJ's attempt to extradite him back to the United States. It's a long, uh, it's a long, lengthy process that he's been fighting. Now, I know some of you don't like it when I criticize President Trump. I don't criticize. I'm, I'm going to stay away from criticizing anyone as much as I can about their personality. Let's talk about policy. I love President Trump. This is a trump train channel. I really wish President Trump had pardoned Julian Assange, and didn't make him an enemy. Not just for the simple fact, I know President Trump is big on loyalty, the simple fact that those Clinton emails, I mean, not only do we get a, a glimpse into the dark side of I believe one of the people that may have been behind the death, I don't know, of Andrew Breitbart, when we saw the Clinton emails and we saw all these things because of John Podesta, John Podesta, just so you're not aware of my reference, Andrew Breitbart is on tape saying, "Hey uh, calling calling out John Podesta wanting to know what skeletons are in his closet and pretty much exposing him for the cover upper of deviancy." In D.C. And then he supposedly died of a heart attack. Uh, It was a CIA death I believe. Or CIA inspired. Carried out death. Because he tried to cross the Clintons. Rest in peace Andrew Breitbart. Breitbart's not the same without you. And it was great under Steve Bannon as well. But it's still great. But not as great as his heyday. President Trump. Should be happy. That Julian Assange and WikiLeaks showed us the inner workings of John Podesta and Hillary Clinton. It definitely played a role in President Trump winning the 2016 elections. And not because of that, but because Julian Assange is a journalist. He is not a terrorist. He is a journalist. And we have freedom of the press. And we want to know the truth. And I am dismayed that President Trump didn't pardon Julian Assange and arguably went along with the narrative that him and Edward Snowden did something wrong or nefarious. The revelation of the interview request came as an unwelcome surprise to Assange's lawyers who did not previously believe there was an active investigation underway into Assange. In recent months, the Australian government has pleaded with the Biden administration to release a song, who is an Australian national. The Biden administration has mostly disregarded the Australian, Australian, Australian government's pleas. That's what they do. They just ignore you. They just ignore you. So there we have it, folks. Biden is now picking a fight with Australia after offending them by canceling a trip there over the debt ceiling. By reopening a case against Australian journalist Julian Assange, even as the country calls for his repatriation, there you have it. Okay, folks, let's talk about the January six tapes. The video. I think it was two days ago, perhaps, that I was like thinking, "Oh wow, this, this uh, they really do need to release this." And over on Nothing But the News, the the news program that Junior and Junior Ant report on, over on YouTube, I was going through the uh, the news stories that they covered on there, and I was looking like, at the comments on it, Gateway Pundit or somewhere else, of people on there, and they're like, "Oh no, the tapes are coming! The tapes are coming!" So, Ken McCarthy on Sunday said he would slowly roll out two networks. Uh, excuse me, th- this was, uh, I'm saying Sunday, but this is two months ago, right? Back in February or so, in March, excuse me, we had uh, Speaker of the House Ken McCarthy saying that he would slowly roll out to networks other than Fox the 40,000 hours of security footage from the January 6th attack on Congress. Well, I've been clamoring for more information on this, and three days ago we got this from Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. By the way, for those of you thinking that Marjorie Taylor Greene, that I've been unduly harsh on her, just hold on a second, tell me if you feel the same way after a report on on what she has been saying lately. But Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene announced Wednesday that three additional media outlets will receive access to footage from the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Huge news, as I promised, the J6 tapes will be released, Green tweeted. Was it you who said it, or was it Kevin McCarthy who had the power to do it? I don't know. Everyone wants to get a credit for it, which is fine, if we had access to the damn tapes. Green said that three outlets will receive an unfettered access to the J6 tapes, noting that reporting on it will start Thursday. Did you see any reporting on it the last couple days? Housewife Ken McCarthy, according to Green, will give the tapes to Justin News founder John Solomon. John Solomon being one of my journalist heroes of Justin News and Julie Kelly over at American Greatness. I like them both and I trust them both, especially John Solomon. John Solomon, folks, when he was at The Hill, had some very, very scary encounters with the deep state when he was reporting on it but he also got a lot of support from the rank and file people, the FBI when he was looking into, I can't remember what particular story it was. I think maybe it was Russia gate or something else. It had to do with Hillary Clinton. He was very scared. He got to his house. He was very scared. There were some fed looking guys at his house waiting for him to arrive. And they said to him, we can't tell you much, but you're looking in the right places. Keep digging. And then they drove off. So he's got support from within, uh, the bureaucracy, and the Department of Justice. Good guys. White hats, if you will. But he's got a lot of animus and the deep state going after anyone that's reporting the truth, including him. And Julie Kelly has done some great reporting over at the American Greatness. The third one, I don't believe, has been revealed yet. Now, discussions over whether the January 6th tapes should be released to media outlets ramped up earlier this year after McCarthy granted former Fox News host Tucker Carlson accessed more to 44,000 hours, but then he was canned and didn't run. He Just that one day he ran tapes and then he didn't run anything after that. So Green reiterated her call to public release all the January 6th footage, saying earlier this month she was wondering when the tapes would be released. That's what she said last month, actually. We need to release the J6 tapes to a public online sources so that everyone knows what did and didn't happen we need to restore fair justice and America can move on Okay, this is a tweet. I'm looking at this. This is a tweet from Marjorie Taylor Greene On May 7th, 2023 so about about four weeks ago We need to have this out publicly But this is what she is now saying. She has changed her tune. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, two days ago, tweeted out, I'm excited to share the good news that Justice promised that J6 tapes will be released. Ken McCarthy has given John Solomon reports, Julie Kelly, and the third outlet, Unfettered Access. I read that to you already. She goes on to say, this is the transparency of the American people deserve and I look forward to their reporting. Yeah, me too. Me too. But then, it appears that Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, in just the space of a few days, has done a complete 180 degree turn on the January 6th videos. This is what she said to John Solomon and Amanda Head about this whole thing. Tell me if she doesn't sound like a total swamp creature and perhaps even a Pelosi Democrat.
1: I wanted to ask you, You know, on that day, there were absolutely people who, who broke the law, who trespassed, who committed acts of violence, but there were a lot of people uh, who I think Americans think were unjustly charged and prosecuted, and some of them uh, a few of them are still being held in jail. Do you have any updated numbers regarding those folks, uh, whose prosecution is moving along, anything like that? Yeah, this is a this is a tragic situation and it's heartbreaking. Um, this is something that I've been attacking the the FBI, the Department of Justice. Um, the jail, the D.C. jail here and other jails, uh, these people are truly being persecuted. And Amanda, you are right some of these people on january 6 did commit violence they did break the law and of course they have been charged and prosecuted but there's a lot of people that have been targeted simply because they walked through the capitol on january 6 and this is our real concern um, with the videotapes if we release these videotapes just widely for the public um, number one we we put the security of the capitol at risk because there's over 1,700 video cameras.
0: Now I know some people don't like it when I criticize President Trump or Matt Gates, or Jim Jordan or Taylor Greene. By the way, all three of the latter have disappointed us, MAGA, America First people in just the last several weeks. Matt Gates, pretty much saying that J6ers got a fair trial. And that he's not sad about the Stuart Rhodes' ridiculously long sentencing for a crime he didn't commit. Margitella Green, for what we're going to talk about right now, she just said, oh, just like, she's like a Democrat. Oh, we can't release it because of the safety. uh, uh, I'll play that again for you in a second. And then, of course, we have Jim Jordan signing off on the debt deal along with Margitella Green. Wow. All right, let me play that one part for you again.
1: If we release these videotapes just widely for the public, um, number one, we, we put the security of the Capitol at risk because there's over 1,700 video cameras.
0: That is the exact talking point, who was it, of Chuck Schumer and the Democrats. You can't release these tapes because of the safety of the Capitol. Damn it, when will these people remember, or maybe remember, realize... Because we have been so conditioned and brainwashed that everyone forgets these rat bastards work for us and are supposed to be beholden to us and accountable to us, not the other way around. 1,700 cameras and what? The 1,700 cameras are going to all be compromised if they publicly release that? Now, folks, this. let me read you the tweet From Marjorie Taylor Greene herself on May 7th, 2023. I'm recording this on June 3rd, 2023. So we're talking four weeks ago. A lot of people are asking me when we are going to release the J6 tapes. Well, I'm wondering this very same thing and waiting too. The American people paid for the video cameras that are installed all over the Capitol building that they also pay for. And most of the riot scenes have been shown repeatedly a gazillion times in a loop for for over two years anyway. I won't give the Democrats anything new, but it might give us all some it it won't give the Democrats anything new, but it might give us all something new. January 6, 2021 is the most politicized day in American history, and Democrats are going to base their entire 2024 campaigns attacking Republicans and President Trump about J6 because their party and their policies are so bad in America last that they have no record to brag about, only tremendous failure. Over 1000 people have been arrested, charged, served time and are still awaiting trial. And the Democrat-weaponized DOJ says they are arresting a thousand more. Remember when Tucker Carlson released video footage especially about Jacob Chansley and everyone found out and couldn't deny the truth that the guy did absolutely nothing wrong but walk in the Capitol wearing a costume and a crazy bullhorned hat? And Tucker was also able to show that Brian Sicknick was not killed on January 6th by protesters like all Democrats in the media told you? Yes, well the rest of the video footage needs to be released to the people all caps of the people because it's hard to lie to people all the time when they can go look at it and form their own opinion. We need to release the J6 tapes to a public online source so that everyone knows what did and didn't happen. We need to restore fair justice and America can move on. The last part and the first part of this. A lot of people are asking me when we are going to release the J6 videotapes. Well, I've been wearing the same thing and waiting too. The American people paid for the video cameras that are installed all over the Capitol and Building that they also pay for. We need to release the J6 tapes to a public online source so that everyone knows what did and didn't happen. Four weeks later, she comes up with this BS, sounding like a freaking Democrat. Oh no, it can't be released because of the safety. We're going to be able to what? Go? People are going to be able to uh, what? Going to be able to go to the Capitol, have another riot, and know where all seventeen hundred cameras are? And I mean, that doesn't make that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. MTG is compromised. I'm not saying she's a full-on Democrat, but look at what she's done cozying up with the Rhino McCarthy and now after being a pretty stalwart MAGA person, now she's sounding like a damn Democrat. Oh, you can't release the tapes. It's dangerous.
1: If we release these videotapes just widely for the public, um, number one, we, we put the security of the Capitol at risk.
0: That's funny because Nancy Pelosi happened to have her daughter there making a documentary, and they, document, uh, the, they documented what happened with her and Chuckie Schumer on that day. And the Democrats never had a problem with that as far as Capitol security was concerned. But now we've got Marjorie Taylor Greene, a former MAGA America first, for the people, Congresswoman, repeating the same failed talking points of the Democrats. Oh, but don't worry, it's not just that. It's also protection against Soros people. Because they might use this to go after other people as well. That's always an argument that scares me. When the government says, we can't, you know, your freedom and honesty and transparency is bad. We are keeping the truth you, uh, f- uh, from you for your own good. That's essentially what Marjorie Green is saying in the second reason why she doesn't think the tapes should now, four weeks later after saying that they should be, she is now saying they shouldn't be publicly available for everyone. You know, for the safety of others.
1: Um, number two, we also endanger uh, many Americans that were simply standing on the Capitol grounds, maybe never even walked through the Capitol or committed any crimes. But they could have just walked further than where the barrier was simply because the barrier was torn down by the time they got there. Most of these people have never even or had never even been to Washington, D.C. until that day on January 6th. So there was no way for them to know that they had crossed a barrier because it was all torn down.
0: See, this is where politicians smooth talk people and rationalize and justify the indefensible. They use fear-mongering and they use a little bit of logic. Yes, it's true. People that were there, they never remember before, they could have passed certain barriers and not know it because there's no barriers there. Well, guess what? If we had the tapes and every... See, see the thing is this. If they release the video and everyone has it, then the people can defend themselves against these supposed allegations that Marjorie Taylor Greene now wants to protect people from. She's saying if we release the tapes out there, the bad people will be able to find other people that were there that didn't go in the Capitol, but that that breached the certain barriers, and they're going to go after them. So to protect those people, let's not release those videos. Well, guess what? If we release those videos, those people now have a defense that everyone can see. Hey, there was no barrier there when I crossed it. How was I supposed to know? It would create public outrage. It would probably create more people willing to fund and help defend these J6ers. Oh, I'm not done here, folks. I'm not done here, folks. Marjorie Taylor Greene says a lot of the things that shows us that she is now on the other side. But she's a smart politician. Don't worry. She's trying to save you from these plots, which are probably, yeah, these plots are probably going on. But she's trying to save you from George Soros and his uh, horde of employees and leftist progressives that will dox you if those tapes are released.
1: Um, there's a big concern because there's George Soros funded groups and many other leftist groups that will sit there and view these videotapes for hours and hours using facial recognition software and dox these people and hand them over to the FBI and the Department of Justice, who we have no control over. And so this is this could be really endangering more Americans to be targeted by the weaponized government from the Biden regime. And we just don't want that to happen
0: for your own good, America and MAGA people, we don't want you to see the same information that will be your defense because the prosecutors may use it against you. That sounds pretty damn un-American to me, Teller Green. Your logic is flawed. But hey, what do I know? Perhaps some of you folks are buying into this logic. Fear-mongering, fear is a very strong motivator for people not to do the right thing or to discourage people from fighting for the right thing okay now i'm going to play you this last clip and pay attention to the last thing she says she sounds like a freaking rhino or democrat pay attention
1: but right now we know there's several dozen, uh, January 6th defendants still here in the DC jail. Um, but there's more January 6th defendants all over the country, uh, still awaiting trial. And, and sadly, Amanda, uh, Matthew Graves, the, the U.S. Uh, attorney here in Washington, D.C., that ignores 67% of the crime here in Washington, D.C., but has weaponized his, his office at the Department of Justice to, to purely Target these January sixth defendants. Uh, he's going to arrest another one thousand more. Um, so this is a very grave situation, and and this is why it's so important that we that we rein in this out of control weaponized government because it's truly a threat to American democracy.
0: A threat to our American democracy. That's a talking point of the Democrats. Now, yes, folks, we are a democracy. But like you, I prefer the term constitutional republic. We are a representative form of democracy, not a mob rule form of democracy. marcella Green, I remain totally unconvinced that you have not gone over to the dark side of the D.C. establishment. Much to the chagrin and disagreement of A few people around here, part of our BCP family. But guess what, folks? I don't want to be an echo chamber. I'm going to say things that you disagree with. But I'll give you my reason and and analysis. So it's not just based on feelings. It's based on, you know, other arguments, evidences, and logic. And Margie Taylor Greene is not convincing. I'm not going to give you the exculpatory evidence because that might be used... By prosecutors to go after other people. What a bunch of freaking malarkey. But that's okay. Because we're the scariest words you can hear. We're the government and we're here to help. Well, right behind that's got to be. We're the government. And we're doing this for your own good. For your own safety. Take that bioweapon vaccinations for your own good. Stay home. And don't build up natural immunity. It's for your own good. Wear a mask. It's for your own good. Oh, we're not releasing the information that I just called for mass release of just four weeks ago because now in the last four weeks, I know it's for your own good that you don't have that readily available. Every single week, every single day should be a reminder to put your faith not in the arm of flesh of man, but in the almighty God Above his holy and only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Because you can't trust these people. They'll stab you in the back. Thanks for being here, folks. Big hug to all of y'all. Don't forget to, if you're on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. At the BCP Podcast. Also, catch me on Getter Truth Social and Gab, and of course, on locals and Patreon. We appreciate you being here. Hang tight, we've got more for you. Ciao, goodbye. Big hug. God bless. Give us what we we Fight the power.